welcome back. Yay. It's your favorite time of the week. It's time for another episode of a Cinema Scum <laughs> Podcast. It's Ollie, and as always, I'm joined by Anna. Hello, Anna. Hey, everyone. Hi, Ollie. Um, beautiful Sunday at the end of November that we have here. Yep. Um, Ollie, how, like for myself, but also for the listeners, how is the job hunt going? Is there an update there? I need to hear. Oh, uh, it's going this. It's going great. A lot of life, big life changes, but I think we should soft launch this for now and not talk about it on the pod just yet. Um, maybe we'll talk about it afterwards. I, I don't want to talk about it on the pod. Um, how was Massachusetts? You've been all over the tri-state area these last few weeks. It's crazy. Yes. Um, Massachusetts was good. It was very, uh, fall vibes, mm-hmm. very quaint. Um, two weeks in a row of seeing your family too. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good word to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> um, Thanksgiving was great though. Kind of excited for Christmas. Um, Usually I are hate winter, but... Are you a big Christmas person? You don't strike me as a huge Christmas person. No, no. My Super Bowl, which is Halloween, already passed. So yeah. um, how are you doing, though? I'm doing good. Like I said earlier, lots of big life changes. Um, also been watching a fuck ton of World Cup. Uh, I'm so sorry about Canada. I know. It's okay. Um, Portugal, top of their group. So that's all I really care about. Um, but we're not a sports podcast. Oh, that (laughs) reminds me, though, that I have another really funny thing I have to talk to you on the post show. Uh, Some friends of ours approached me with a business idea. We'll we'll talk about it at the next Cinema Scum business meeting, Um, but uh, it's sports related. It's really funny. Anyway, um, this week, we're talking the movie that started this all. Back in COVID days, Mm. uh, Anna would come over to my place all the time. We would watch movies, and there was one. I don't even think we watched Gone Girl. I think we watched something else. Spoiler alert. We're talking about Gone Girl. Um, we watched some other movie and then Anna and I talked for like hours and I think somehow the conversation bled into Gone Girl and we talked forever and that was that conversation is kind of what gave birth to this whole thing because it what's it's what made me realize Anna has like the most fire takes on movies she's seeing the things I'm seeing she or, or, or things I didn't even notice too like um, and she had really good points and I was like I mean like we were already very good friends by that point but that was like when I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like you also like talking about movies. And I think that uh, was a whole new chapter in our friendship that, I mean, look where we are now. We're famous because of this. So that's pretty awesome. We have so many emails also, but we will get to those. Really? Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> we will okay. get to those at the end. We're doing Gone Girl, which is Fincher. Anyone who's listening to this podcast long enough or is just a friend of mine knows that I'm a huge Fincher fanboy. Um, <laughs> so I'm really excited to talk about this one. Also. Uh, starring Ben Affleck and Roseman Pike, real mm. Beauty and the Beast situation going on with that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, Gone Girl, Anna, take us away with the synopsis. Okay, so I would be remiss if I didn't start with a quote because this is one of the most quotable movies I think I've ever it seen. Like, I think I know what quote you're going for too. Okay, well I'm gonna start with a, a softball, an easy okay. one. Okay. What are you thinking? How are you feeling? What have we done to each other? These questions are, I feel like I'm, I am doing a book report, it's fine. These questions are at the heart of Gone Girl. As you said, a 2014 thriller starring Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike. Um, ben Affleck is in the middle of doing Argo and Batman, just to put some context. So he plays Nick, 
And on the morning of their fifth wedding anniversary, Nick comes home and his wife, Amy, who's played by Rosamund Pike, is missing from their beautiful, perfect Missouri home. A lot of questions are happening. The cops, um, Officer Rhonda Boney, which is a hilarious name, um, they both think he's guilty. Um, Nick's twin sister, Margot, who's played by Carrie Coon in her very first acting role ever, uh, supports him, but media scrutiny falls all over Nick um, and a lot of his secrets, like a rocky marriage and his like basically underage girlfriend, who is also Emily Ratajkowski. Um, these things all come to light and you have to wonder, did Nick kill Amy? But obviously, we are going to spoil this movie. The answer is no. Um, this is just a story of two people who are In married. some ways, he did kill her, but maybe not physically. Oh, shit. Oh, that's I good. I thought that was the quote you were going to go for, but we'll talk about that later then. Um, yeah, so this this starts out as a, a thriller, like kind of a whodunit, but is actually just a story of like a narcissism-fueled like cat and mouse Um whole like clusterfuck where nick and amy outsmart everyone except each other mm -hmm. so cool. like you said directed by david fincher 2014 budget of 61 mil but it made 369 mil yeah um two hours and 29 minutes controversial on this podcast but it has i don't think it's too long no okay i agree with you yeah i think it's perfect it has an 88 on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was based on a novel of the same name by Gillian Flynn. Who adapted it to the screenplay. Fun fact. She, when she, so I, this is actually, never mind. I'll get into this in trivia. But she adapted her own book into a screenplay, which is something you're seeing more and more of now. Is a writer saying like, no, if it's going to be done in a film, I'm the one doing it. Which I think I will bring up later has a lot of implications on how good this movie is. Um. Fuck. Yeah, it does. Speaking of. Should we just, should we get into it? What did you sure. like? Do you, you want to start or you want me to start? You start. Sure. Okay. So I've seen this movie a lot of times, but I think what stood out to me this time, and I'm going to go into like film theory here a little bit, but forgive me. Um, kind of like the music, which by the way is Trent Reznor. It's fire. It's one of his best soundtracks. The, another thing that's very subtle about this film uh, that I think is super, super important. And it's the reason it's it stands out is because it is adapted by the person who wrote the book. So the themes ref are reflected in every aspect of this film from like the sh like the the main narrative, even to the background. And most importantly, the environment that this narrative is set in, like the moving back to Missouri, the recession, mm. uh, the homeless problem that seems oh. unrelated. The mall that's abandoned, like this like collapse of society that they kind of set this film in. Um, and even like smaller, like like zeroing in on Ben like Nick and Amy's life, like where you're at in life, losing your job. Um, the ways that the environment influences your life and and has like like things that are happening in your life that are outside of your control. How you face these challenges has serious implications on you and like your significant other, like your your spouse, because you're sharing this life together. Um, and so that was something that like was so obvious to me watching it this time was that um, there are things going on that are outside. And even when the lawyer comes in and suddenly he's talking about like the public narrative, the <laughs> media. Also think about how many times there's a scene 
with the news on TV count. There's a lot. Oh, it's like a lot yeah. more than you think. The the story is so much grander than a simple domestic violence turned missing persons case. There's a lot of scenes that are just like straight up detective scenes that kind of remind me of Mindhunter because yeah. it's Fincher. But there is also an element of this film that makes the story so much grander. And uh, I think that has to do with the environment that the movie's set in. I think the world building that that um, uh, Gillian Flynn is able to 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 do through through the, tel- the the screenplay adaptation, top notch, top top notch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow, you're so right. I I forgot about some of those things. Actually, like the homeless problem, and it's so funny because. You know, Nick and Amy talk about being like penniless after the recession and losing their jobs, mm-hmm. but like they move to a McMansion. They move to a very nice house in Missouri. Yeah. They open a bar. Like they're so privileged, which is, I guess, a whole other conversation, but yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. What about you? Um, this, this is, it's really hard to pick just one thing that I like mm-hmm. about this movie. Um, this movie, I think, though, at its core is really good because it's perfectly cast. Like, even the minor characters are excellent choices. Um, so, a little bit of trivia here. John Hamm was in talks to be Nick Dunn. Ooh, that would have ruined John Hamm for me. Um, but Matthew, like, Weiner or... Yeah, yeah Matthew the Weiner. The Mad Men. The Mad Men guy wouldn't let him out of his contract. Um, I guess usually in, like, really popular TV shows, the last season will try to, like, accommodate, like... Ed Helms was able to do The Hangover while he was doing The Office, but Mad Men was like, no. And I think that's a good thing because Ben Affleck is iconic in this movie. He has so much like celebrity baggage. Um, He was meant for this role. It was awesome. (laughs) It's perfect. (laughs) Okay, so, but also Reese Witherspoon obtained the film rights to this movie. Like that's how it started to get made. And she was originally going to play Amy. Yeah, I saw that. Also, yeah, Reese Witherspoon is like a mega girl boss in the film industry, if you don't know. Like, she has created an empire by buying the rights to books and then turning them into movies. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, made her extremely, extremely rich. Uh, That's but, yeah, I, I, I kind of think that it makes sense that she's not... She doesn't strike me as she like, as someone who could play Amy well. So I think that's good on her for realizing that as well. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so... Rosamund Pike is an amazing actress and I think she brings a lot to this role because she's like relatively lesser known like she's not you know at the top of all the celebrity gossip um but then you have like Tyler Perry in this movie who's amazing um you have yeah for real yeah um like I said Carrie Coon like who plays Margot the sister this is her first acting role but I think she was amazing like um I just think this this movie is really great in terms of casting which as we know 90 percent of good directing is casting well yeah. cool so hold on what was your pro casting casting okay cool um pivoting to negatives <laughs> in this film i guess uh do you want to go ahead <laughs> while i try and think of something okay yes um okay so fair like it's hard. I mean, I know you and I both really like this movie, so it's hard to find things that we don't like. Um, okay. My one thing that doesn't make sense to me, the scene where she, Amy, is on the run and she's like, she has this wad of cash 
and she's hiding it. She doesn't want people to think that she has money. And she is a mastermind who set up multiple plots, eluded like local and federal authorities, and yet she hides her money in a mattress and like can't outsmart the two like fucking random trailer park people who try to steal her money. But also like in good movies, even the things that don't make sense kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I mean, it like drives the plot, which is important. And it yeah. shows that like Amy is not as big and bad as maybe she believes. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think it also like it, it. It's meant to pronounce how vulnerable she is, right? Like she's on the run; she can't yeah. be identified by anybody. So like, she's gonna make mistakes because she's so stressed and like keeping her money on her, right? Like she drops the money bag at some point. Mm-hmm. She's keeping the money close to her because it's all she has, and then she loses it, which is like the end of it's the end of everything. Like she can't her reign do. Of terror, yeah. yeah, is over because she lost money. Um, I think my con which is not really a con it's just like me hating on ben affleck but in the start of the of the film when he goes to the bar and uh is like talking to his sister and that's they use that as a way to context like they go to the backstory of like how he how they met right and it's like cutting back and forth between the bar and like stories from earlier in their life uh they're playing the the board game life like the the game of life while they're talking about that. And I'm like, this is just too corny, <laughs> too cheesy. <laughs> David, what the fuck? <laughs> so, I know, anyway. and he makes some stupid little remark. He's like, oh, I forgot what the point of this game was. Like, please. Yeah. And uh, if you notice, something that is clever is that uh, he, the, he goes to add a child. You know how there's like the car with the mom and dad, you get married and you add a person into the front and then you can add kids in the back of your car he like yeah. goes to add it and doesn't <gasps> Ooh, i never like, noticed Ooh. this um damn so yeah so that's kind of cool but also really cheesy i just found out that's also stood out to me as a sore thumb but other than that perfect movie let's move on yeah all right because there's so much cool stuff that I learned about this film Um, but you already brought up some of it Uh, the whole Reese Witherspoon buying the rights to this film Uh, but go ahead with the rest of your trivia are you sure you don't want to go first Uh, no go ahead go ahead I don't have much okay Um, I just have a couple things so like no I actually have like 20 things right here but I'm just going to limit it (laughs) um I'm sure you know this, like, I'm sure many people know this, but this movie was heavily based on the Scott Peterson case, which is, like, a true crime case that almost, like, directly mirrors this entire movie. Um, Scott Peterson was a man from Modesto, California, who, in 2004, was convicted of murdering his eight-month pregnant wife, Lacey, and he had Nancy Grace hated his guts, who is Ellen Abbott in this movie, is, like, pretty much a Nancy Grace, like, fictionalized. Um, he had, like, the girlfriend on the side, he had, like, a lot of elements, um, or, like, his case, there are a lot of elements that are drawn into this story. He's on Death Row in California, but, um, if you're interested, look it up. Um, this is David Fincher's highest grossing movie, and also his, like, last movie that he's made to date. Um, 
Amy doesn't come in until an hour and seven minutes after. And what an opener. (laughs) Um, And okay, so you mentioned the soundtrack before. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, like celebrated composers. Um, So Fincher briefed them on what he wanted the soundtrack to sound like. And he specifically referenced an experience he had at a spa where there was like relaxing music playing, but it was actually kind of unsettling and like weird. And he said gross, um, like, yeah, gross and creepy, but he said, quote, passive and relaxing music that actually instills a sense of dread for the soundtrack. Mm. So yeah. It's awesome. The coolest part of the soundtrack is when she's like slitting uh, NPH and it's like, whomp. Yeah. Like this like big womp sound. Terrifying. But also sounds incredible. Um Yeah. Yeah, true. Also, Trent Reznor like has I've watched interviews of him and like how he scores his movie. He scores like the final edit. He doesn't write anything until the fi- the film is fully edited with no like soundtrack. And yeah. then he watches it and plays along and will like add the music at the end. That's the last thing to add. Which is very... If I could watch him do that. It would be very cool to watch him do that. Um, And I think that that explains a lot of like those scenes where like the music echoes perfectly what's going on on screen. It's because it was added afterwards. Um, I have a few things that are just things I noticed. I was noticing a bunch of things that because I was like paying attention to all the small details this time. Um, Something else that I thought stood out as really obvious and I can't believe I didn't recognize earlier was... You know when there's the big rally, right? Where where he goes up on stage and like makes the a plea, vigil? like the vigil. Sorry, the vigil. Um, I thought it was a rally to get people to come help search, but yeah, it's like a vigil. The vigil. Everyone's holding candles. But anyway, he leaves the bar. Right, it's nighttime. He leaves the bar, locks up the bar, puts on the badge, and then walks through the crowd of people to get to and. I never realized this, but everyone there is waiting for him to start the vigil. Everyone is already there. Like the the, the state, like the parents are on stage. His his current like his his like girlfriend, like the the girl he's cheating on Amy with, is there. Like everyone in the town is already there. He yeah. walks through the crowd. To, so like this guy doesn't even like can't even close his bar early to go to the <gasps> vigil for his lost wife. Like what? Yeah, shit. Um, kind of just speaks to the like laziness um, and uh, set lack of care that kind of like soaks up Nick's life. Like it's just super depressing to think <laughs> about. Um, what are other things I noticed? Uh, there's something about NPH, but I can't, I didn't note it down. I should have. Anyway, enough of. Uh, do you have any more? Sorry, do you have any more trivia? Um, I was just going to ask you about NPH because a lot of the reviews I read about this movie, the one thing people will like go after is they don't think Neil Patrick Harris is right for this. Actually, one of our listeners, Eleanor Montgomery, um, was like, I am, was like iffy about Neil Patrick Harris in this. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so you're asking like my thoughts on his performance? Yeah. Or I his think- casting or whatever. I mean, like, casting, it, it is what it is. Like, they chose him to play the role because they thought he would be the best. Um, I think he plays a really... Um, 
because he's the the like the guy that wishes Amy had ended up with him instead, right? Yeah. And has not really moved on from it. Mm -hmm. Um I think he he plays it well. I think he he really um kind of embodies that uneasy sense of like unresolved tension like from the moment you see him even when you see him before you see like amy goes to his house right and there's that interaction that nick has with him that in the script like there's specific like cues i was watching a, a video that dissects that scene because that scene like nph kills yeah um because you know that he knows that she's not dead like she, he knows that where she is and that she's on the run um or he does has he like some kind of way? yeah he does he has some inclination because she um because when they meet for the first time he's like i know you, i knew you weren't like dead i know i knew he didn't kill you Interesting. like i oh sorry that's what he that's what he says he's like i knew he couldn't kill you or he oh. wouldn't kill you which is huge because then it's like oh so either she killed herself which why would she kill herself she's a raging narcissist as well like yeah. like nph is everyone in this movie is a huge narcissist <laughs> you would never have killed herself if she ran away where would she end up like where like where would be her last place to turn is right back to him so that's the actor that character he's playing he's playing the the inevitable which oh, i think Jesus. is perfect i think he's great too as well i think you're right he's got that like He's got that um those that air of someone who is really really tightly wound right under the surface and they like seem really cool and calm but like you know like one push on that and it's yeah. Ugh. A good question you brought up is how would you stage your own disappearance? Oh. Yes. Um Drew and I talk about this all the time actually. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Um you need a fall guy. I think that's really important. Um, well, Drew and I talk about how we would murder each other, but that's just, we're joking. Um, just like, yeah, Ollie, like, how would you, how would you fake your own death? Um, I thought a lot about this when you asked. I don't think I've ever thought about it before. Um, and I was like, I don't know how to stage <laughs> the whole disappearance part. Something I will, though, say is she got the whole, like, escape plan. Like, once she was out, she had no idea what she was doing. The whole, like, we were talking about this. The money in the in the, in the the bag. Like, she's desperate. She has no post-escape. Well, she post -escape And right. then jump into, like, a river. Like, jump off a cruise ship. And then make sure her... And then her body will be found. Like, blah, right. blah, blah. But she gave herself a month to, like, live before she did that. And even that month, she couldn't figure it out. Like, how to how to make it that long. Um, I also doubt she actually would have killed herself. I also doubt she would have killed herself too. Um, but I think that uh, something I would have done uh, is instead of cash, you buy a bunch of blank credit cards on the internet. Also, this is, I am not advising anyone to actually do this in real life. <laughs> but if you buy a bunch of blank, like programmable credit cards, and then you just buy like people's credit card information off the dark web, and you can just like steal, you can, because you can draw cash from credit cards. That way, you don't have to worry about holding a bunch of cash at once. You can just, every time you need money, you just steal, you buy someone's credit card off the internet, go to an ATM, pull out like 500 bucks until it gets flagged. And that's like your 500 bucks for the week. And then you just move on to somewhere. And because you're moving around so much, no place will ever flag you for fraud. Like you'll you'll be able to pull out endless amounts of cash. 
provided you have the like security mindset to not get caught hacking people's credit cards um that's that's good stuff i mean <laughs> that's kind of scary that you know how to do that but i don't know how to do that this is not a <laughs> this is not an instructional podcast yeah this is not an instructional podcast please don't do that um what about you anna um, what's what's unique about your escape plan because obviously it's very complicated yeah obviously um Okay, well, you need a fall guy. So, like, a big part of my plan is blaming someone else, specifically my male partner, because, like, I it's mean, easy. yeah, the police officer in Gone Girl was like basically looking at Nick from the moment she met him is like, I know you mm -hmm. did this because the husband always does it. Um, and if you look at the statistics in America, the husband does always do it. So, yep. um, so, yeah, you have to... Also, because if you disappear yourself, there will always be someone who's like, no, they just ran off. Um, probably, like... I don't know. It's... it's. Where would you go? Oh, my God. Where would I go? The American Southwest, maybe? Same. Like, warm. It has to be somewhere warm because you might be homeless. Oh, and you yeah. can't be homeless in Canada. You'll die in the cold. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Ollie, what do you think this movie is about? Like, what speaks to you? That was going to be my closing point for my rating on uh -oh. 10, but uh, we can get into it now. Um, I think... Let, let's, let's rate the movie on 10, and in that, we can say our final pieces about what we think this movie is about. Okay. okay? okay. Do you want to go first? you want me to go first? I... Oh, okay, I can go first. Go um, first. So, I think this is a perfect movie. Um... I think that Amy Elliott Dunn is one of the best villains of all time. I think she literally has like the Stanley. You think she's Cup. the villain. I think Whoa. she she has the championship belt of female villains and Fair. probably villains everywhere. Um, she's amazing. She's a mastermind. I'm not glorifying what she does. Like obviously she's unhinged, but. Um, She's a mastermind and her downfall is herself. Like it's just very poetic and very interesting. Um, I think David Fincher did a beautiful job adapting this book to a movie. I read the book. The book is awesome. Um, and I think this movie like says something very unique. Obviously we didn't talk about this, but like the cool girl monologue is very iconic. Um, but it's interesting because like, the cool girl monologue isn't about like, oh, like women have to do what men want, like so sad for women. It's about how women and to like a lesser extent men, but they do, um, how we all like manipulate each other and how we curate versions of ourselves. And like everyone does this, like even if you make your bed before going out in case you like bring someone home and then you want them to see that you have a nice made bed, like everyone does this. That's just being clean. <laughs> no i you know what i mean though i know okay. what you mean so i also think this movie has crazy sexual politics about how like women can and do make false allegations and i mean there's not enough time to get into that but yeah um yeah this is a perfect movie so this is getting a 10 a 10 damn I totally agree with what you said about Amy. I think that she's an amazing villain. One of my favorite villains in any movie. Yes. Um, and like you said, 
the downfall of her is herself. That is super poetic because it is also Nick's downfall. Nick's downfall is his him, himself. Um, <laughs> and obviously, you know the 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 like the context, and you were going to stuff that is not ba- barely in the movie because you read the book. Um, read the book. But you should read the book. I should. I, I maybe like I will. Um, I, I I have I'm not a big uh, like thriller. I'm not. I don't read a lot of like thriller novels. So maybe I should. It will expand my my palette. Um, but I think that this is a phenomenal. Uh, exploration of like modern marriage, modern relationship uh, because like I said earlier, the context is the modern world where bad shit is going to keep happening to you and how you face up to these challenges and face up to this adversity is a direct indication of who you are as a person. In the face of your 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 mom getting sick and you having to move from New York City to like Missouri. Nick lets that drag him down and like ruin him, and by association ruin uh, Amy. Who when they first met, he plays up the cool fact like he's so much cooler when in the the yeah. background scenes when they met compared to the modern day. It's like a totally different person because he was playing it up. Yeah. Um, because this girl is way out of his league. She's way hotter than he is, like way smarter. Um, and she kind of says that later on. She's like, I was way too cool for him. Like he wanted a cool girl. Um, yeah, how you how you face uh, challenges in life um, has implications on your significant other. And you can choose yeah. to either seek hope like Amy does and like want to have a baby, like want to like see the goodness in your marriage, like find something to 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 look for like look for as a as a next step in your in your relationship with this other person or you can be like nick and just choose to give up and fail and cheat and be lazy be miserable and not change anything about the direction that your life is in um wow yeah no you're spot on i mean jesus so it's a 10. (laughs) yeah um yeah i mean she says like you are not the person I married. She says, like, he really expected me to love him unconditionally. Like, that's crushing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Yeah, especially someone as smart as her. Um, yeah. Which is also why this movie is super, super terrifying to me. Like, I've always been in love with women way smarter than I was. So, like, the thought that, like, this the woman that I'm with is, like, seeing her own downfall... And it's my fault, and I'm not even realizing it. Like, Ben Affleck is so blind to the fuck-ups he's doing. And Mm -hmm. that terrifies me. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I could definitely see myself fucking up like that and not even realizing. Um, So it's definitely a a cautionary tale to dumb men. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, you could could teach, like, an entire semester's class with quizzes, group projects, and a final exam on this movie. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was Gone Girl. Uh, please DM us your thoughts. Oh, we have emails. Let's get into some emails. We're <laughs> running low on time. I know. I know. We might not. We can talk emails in the next episode as well. But I did want to shout out because we have people who One or responded. two. We have people who responded to the Instagram story as well with their thoughts. Oh. Um, Caitlin said, I love this movie and I'm so excited. Thank you. Um, Lena said her David Fincher hates Ben Affleck. I don't 
think so, though, because David Fincher, re- like, handpicked Ben Affleck and also, like, David Fincher has been known to, like, break actors like Jake Gyllenhaal and Zodiac, but I don't think he... I don't know. Um, Karina asks, is the Ben Affleck PP shot real? It is. He actually does have a huge dick that's been confirmed in interviews as well. I've seen interviews that confirm his big dick, so... What are you going to do? What am I going to do with that information? <laughs> what are you going to do with that information? Um, Olivia Pena said, I don't understand why people love this book slash movie, which I think is a great take. I think we should always question the movies that everyone is saying that they love. You should rewatch it now that you've heard our thoughts. Maybe it'll make you notice things you didn't notice. Uh, or maybe it'll reinforce your opinions, Olivia. I don't know, but definitely go rewatch it because it just got two tens on the Cinema Scum podcast. The only movie ever. The only movie we've ever given two tens. Um, thank you fans for writing in and I feel like we can do emails maybe next week because we have some insane, like we have an insane email that I need to fact check. So nice. maybe we'll do it at the top of next week's. Let's do it. All right. So Anna, do you have any recs before we leave today? I have an anti-rec. Um, I recently watched Legends of the Fall because I thought it was going to be like a really cool, like early Brad Pitt period piece, romantic and it was just so mid. Mm. Um, and it was like the three brothers are having a mid off. Um, I've never seen and the it, girls, but... oh, it. It's like um, it's like these three brothers like in World War One are like in love with the same woman. So I was like, amazing. I love drama. It wasn't that dramatic. Mm. So- My wreck this week is a real quick one. If you go on Instagram and you look up Cena skates. It's uh, an Instagram that photoshops. There's so many photos of like John Cena, like in crazy, oh. like wrestling positions. So they'll crop his like waist up in like a <laughs> wrestling match and crop it on top of like crazy skate pics. Oh, <laughs> and the bio is your skaters, your favorite skaters, favorite skater. And it's just <laughs> pictures of John Cena skating. It's really funny. If you okay. want a quick laugh, just go on Instagram and look up Cena skates. Oh, okay. We're all going to be doing that today. Oh my God. Thank you for this. Anyway, uh, on that note, if you have thoughts on Gone Girl, please write into the pod. We'll have a post on the Instagram as well. So please write in your thoughts. We would love to hear your thoughts on Gone Girl. If you want to be on the show, you can DM us with a movie idea on Instagram or an email at cinemascumpodcast, cinemascumpodcast at gmail.com. That's it for this week. We'll catch you in the next one. We love you all. Bye. There's a hole in my head where the wind comes in. You took my body and played the wind.